0: Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. Great to have you aboard with us. Of course, let's talk our half hour where we sit down and chat with various businesses, organizations, nonprofits, and more here in the area. Today, our chat is with specialized staffing, and Lisa Gard joins us by telephone. Lisa, as always, great to have you with us and good to talk to you again.
1: Good to talk to you, Tyler. Always great to be here.
0: So we've got a really fun topic to get into today as kids are going back to school. So we'll get into that a little bit here in just a moment. But first, as always, we like to remind our listeners that you, if you can't stick around for our full half hour, we have you covered online. WISR680.com is a place to take care of that. Just go into the programs page, find Let's Talk, and that is where you can find today's conversation with specialized staffing. And as we've been telling you, we are now on Spotify as well. If you are a Spotify user, you can just Google or search WISR Let's Talk, and that's where you'll be able to find today's conversation. So with that, again, Lisa Guard of specialized staffing. So as we mentioned, Lisa, obviously, I know even today, kids are going back to school. A number of districts are there, and there are some parents who are feeling the relief. The kids are out of the house, <laughs> and they've, they've got a chance to finally catch their breath. So for a stay-at-home parent, uh, particularly, you know, uh, especially this time of year, there may be some folks who are interested in maybe getting back to work. And so that's our conversation today. Uh, Have you ever been a stay-at-home parent?
1: Uh, For a dog, yes. (laughs) (laughs) For for a special needs Jack Russell terrorist, yes, as a matter of fact. (laughs) But for those
0: parents who have, uh, there can be uh, maybe an itch uh, where they were working, decided to step away from the job, become a stay-at-home parent, and uh, as kids get older or kids go back to school, they may have this itch to get back into the workforce.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, when you first started off, you said this was a fun topic, and I was thinking to myself, for the kids, no, not really. (laughs) Back to school, but (laughs) it definitely is a fun topic for the parents, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times in in our experience, we see a lot of people this time of year contacting us um, and just, you know, interested in inquiring about opportunities to kind of, you know, dip their toe back in the pool of the workforce.
0: And it can be, I'm sure, a challenge, uh, one for folks to decide all right, this just something that I actually want to endeavor. And then right. the other one uh, would be where to exactly start. So let me start with a mentality for a stay at home parent and some of your conversations where you may have talked to uh, these people who are coming in and going, uh, Lisa or whoever on your staff, should I do this? Maybe contemplating what is your right. conversation with them?
1: Sure. And it's all about what you know, what the benefit to them, what the, the what's in it for them, uh, that would be important to that individual. So, you know, there are obviously benefits to going back to work. One of them, the most obvious is just earning some, some extra money. And, you know, if you're fortunate enough to not have to work and you can take time off when the kids are home from school, but, you know, you want to earn some extra cash when they're in school, there are plenty of opportunities that offer the flexibility for you to go back to work. Especially, you know, and again, I I will promote staffing firms, but, you know, temporary contract work, you can pick and choose when you want to work and when you don't want to work. So it's a great opportunity to get out there and earn some extra cash uh, when the kids are in school. But then when the kids are off of school or you're planning a trip, you can, you know, you can just be unavailable at that time.
0: And that seems to be, uh, as you mentioned, you know, with these uh, temporary staffing opportunities, uh, uh, boy, if you were, you know, not looking to commit to something full time, I'm sure there's a ton of opportunities out there that really are tailored to individuals who are in this role.
1: Right. You know, it's interesting. I was just talking with last month. We, we had a guest, Megan, uh, who is the president of CHS, uh, who is the company that we've partnered with recently. And she, she told me a story yesterday. We were talking about this, this topic, um, and preparing for the show. And, uh, she told me a story about a firm <clears throat> that they've been working with. It's a production facility and you know, it's very difficult um, for a production facility that has equipment that has to be running, you know, 24 seven, um, to, to, to be flexible. But they had this, uh, this one client who decided, uh, during the school year that they would adjust their shift to start after the the kid you know the kids were on the bus and to end right before the kids got off the bus and it just opened the gates of uh you know for the applicants they just had numerous applicants applying uh to work because of that flexibility so that's you know that's important to some people
0: boy and that's a really good point i think for employers obviously you know you and i have talked about the the current job market What would be your suggestion to employers this time of year to make sure that they could also set up a schedule, maybe think outside the box and put a schedule together for workers uh, that is more conducive to a school schedule?
1: Right. And we've been talking about that, especially since COVID, um, the need for offering flexibility, especially to employees who have children, because you just never know, you know, when something's going to change about, you know, the school situation. So um, being able to offer some sort of flexibility of schedule and sometimes it's possible and sometimes it's not. But when it is possible, when it is reasonable, it can really make a difference in terms of the amount of applicants you get for open positions.
0: We're talking with Elisa Guard, specialized staffing, about parents getting stay at home, parents getting back into the workforce. So let's say somebody has decided to make the jump uh, that they've taken on an opportunity with you or they've taken on an opportunity to get back into the workforce day one. What do you think is some of the what are some of the bigger challenges for parents who are stepping back into the workforce?
1: Sure. Well, I think some of the challenges might be if you haven't been working in a while or if you haven't had to look for a job in a while, you might just not know where to start. And I think the number one thing you need to to start with is updating your resume. If you don't have a resume, you need to develop one. If you do have one and it's outdated, you need to update that resume. So I would say day one, you know, uh, see the kiddos off to school, pour yourself a nice extra cup of coffee, enjoy the peace and quiet, and then, you know, sit down at your computer and just start um, messing around with that resume.
0: I know we could probably talk ad nauseum about resume building, (laughs) but for, like you said, somebody's been out of the workforce for five to ten years, what do they need to convey in a resume? Because whenever you submit that resume, you may see, all right, my last job, my last uh, time of employment was 2015. What do we need to do in a resume to make sure that our employers know there was a reason why it's been that way?
1: Sure, absolutely. And, and that's a great point. So the first thing you need to do is make sure your resume has the right format for the type of opportunities you're looking for. So there are two typical, two most common resume formats, functional resume format and a chronological resume format. So if you're just, you know, if you, you haven't been out of the workforce that long, you know, maybe it's been six months or so or less than a year and you just took the summer off to be with the kiddos and you're looking to get back in the same field, a chronological Chronological resume is the right format for you because a chronological resume is simply a list of your experience, starting with the most recent and working your way backwards. And the reason that is the most um, effective format for you right now is because your experience is relevant it's going to catch the eye of the reader of the resume because it's going to highlight the things that they're looking for because you've actually done it. But if you're looking to get back into the workforce or if you're looking to get into a field that, that's new for you, a functional resume is a better format for you because a functional resume highlights your skills and abilities rather than your experience. Because if you haven't worked in this field before, your actual work experience, if this makes any sense, May be irrelevant to the position that you're looking for. So what you want to do is you want to pull what we call work related assets from whatever experience you have. So it might not be work experience. If you have been home with the kids and you've been event planning or you've been active in parent organizations where maybe you served as the treasurer. So as a result of that, you've learned bookkeeping and you've learned some accounting software Um, you know, you've learned how to use publisher to make invitations, things like that, pull that experience, pull that, pull those skills, from that experience and highlight those skills at the beginning of the resume in a bullet-pointed fashion. So, you know, you just want a bullet point that you might know bookkeeping, or you may have event planning skills, or you may have Publisher skills. Does that make sense?
0: So, yeah, essentially you're saying that, all right, if you were part of the workforce, you're now looking to re engage, but you haven't been a part of it for a while, your skill set and maybe some of the things that you've been doing over the last handful of years are more important to your possible employment as opposed to what you were doing five, 10 years ago.
1: Right. It's all about what qualifies you for the job. And think about this think about your resume like a menu, the purpose of your resume is to get the person who's reading it to pick up the phone and call you because they wanna learn more. So you don't have to put every single thing on your resume, just enough that that would compel the reader to to pick up the phone and call you. So you want to make sure too that the things you highlight right up front on your resume are the most relevant things to the job. So if those things are skills that you acquired through something other than work experience, then you just want to highlight those skills. Whereas if it, if you've been doing this for years and years as a job, certainly then the chronological format that lists your titles and just a snippet of, you know, what you did in each of those jobs is, certainly
0: sufficient so just to hammer this down on the resume side of things lisa whenever we're putting this together let's say the skill set like you said publisher event planning something along those lines would we then just write down a skill set or would we be more looking for like i worked for the volunteer parent group and then list the skill set underneath that essentially when it comes to formatting what's the best thing for us to do
1: Right. When you're, when you're using a functional resume format, just listing the skills is sufficient um, because that's the first thing they're going to see. And that will, prompt them to read further you can then list your work experience and even though it may be irrelevant what you want to do is just list maybe the name of the company and the title but then after that you would list volunteer experience and then you might list the the, the organizations in which you obtained those skills
0: again we're here with Lisa Guard specialized staffing we're talking about stay at home parents getting back into the workforce So, again, uh, kind of alluding to the people that have been out of the workforce for a while, uh, things have changed quite dramatically, including where we look for a job. It's not as easy as opening the classifieds anymore in the paper. (laughs) How do parents know where to start when it comes to job prospecting?
1: Right, and that's a, that's a perfect question, and that's right where I wanted to go next. I think it's very important to know that there are other resources beyond published resources to to identify uh, job opportunities. So published resources are those things that you would automatically think of. They're, you know, the classifieds, the help wanted ads, the uh, job posting boards. Um, those are published opportunities. But there are a lot of non-published resources that you can tap into, and and when I talk about non-published resources, I'm, I'm talking about tapping into your network. You know, we were talking about um, organizations that you may have volunteered with uh, for your for your kids. You know, parent organizations, sports teams, activities. You, you know, all these parents from these activities. Tap into that network you 've been talking to these people, you probably know where they work. You may have some questions for them about you know what opportunities they have or that they may be aware of or what contacts they may have to be able to introduce you to church groups, professional organizations like the Chamber of Commerce, the uh, Rotary Clubs those sorts of organizations um, are great opportunities to network and, and then another and, and I'll, I'll always you know i 'll always mention this the staffing <laughs> firms I mean you pick up the phone, you make a phone call you, you we have an interview with somebody, and that qualifies you for any opportunity that you know that matches what you're looking for and matches your your requirements and your qualifications. so that's a great way too, because and I say this is a this is a great, unpublished resource because a lot of times staffing firms get job openings that that our customers aren't advertising on their own.
0: So it almost serves, especially for somebody that has been out. Uh, Of the workforce, instead of trying to go it alone and do all this, contacting a staffing agency is a good starting point to say, hey, uh, I'm looking for work. What do you know? And then all of a sudden you have an advocate out there trying to match you with a job.
1: And you're absolutely right. I always like to say we're your free Jerry Maguire. So we're basic. (laughs) We are your advocate. We're your agent. You know what I mean? So we talk to you about your experience. We talk to you about what you're looking for. Um, We find out what your requirements are in terms of uh, compensation, schedule, commute. Um, and we talk about what qualifies you for certain types of jobs, but also we'll give you advice on your resume. If your resume isn't formatted right, if your resume isn't highlighting the right things, you know it doesn't benefit us to send uh, a resume to a client that that we know they're going to look at, and you know they're not going to see what they're looking for. So we we absolutely work with our candidates and advise them on ways that they can enhance their resume. We help you prepare for interviews. We help you negotiate the best offer. So. There's a lot. And, and it's free. You know, our, our clients are the companies who hire through us. So as a as a job applicant, this is free to you. And it, it really is very beneficial.
0: Would you make a suggestion that some parents may be better off going to a part time job coming out of the gate as opposed to a full time job? Or uh, does it kind of matter about the individual?
1: Yeah, I think that's an individual choice. You know, some some people, and, and I've known people who've come back to the workforce and they've wanted to kind of ease their way back in. So they wanted to start out part-time. But I think, you know, there's a difference between normally people who want to work part-time want to work part-time for a reason. And we talk to our clients a lot about when you have an opportunity that is part-time right now, but that may lead to full-time in the future. That's a great concept for somebody who wants to ease back in, but a lot of times the person who wants to work part time wants to maintain that part time status. So when the hours increase and it becomes a full time uh, commitment, there can be some issues there. So a lot of times those are two different people, but I I have seen in my experience a lot of people want to come back to the workforce on a part time basis.
0: That's an interesting point. So if you are an employer it would probably be smart if you are listing a part-time position to have the expectation that that would remain a part-time position as opposed to trying to transition somebody into a full-time role.
1: In our experience over the past 20 20- 5 plus years that's what we've seen. We've seen that when people come in and they want to work part time, it's it's for a reason. Normally it's you know other commitments. So when the and, and as an employer you're thinking well this is you know this is a great opportunity. It could lead to full time, but a, a lot of times when it leads to full time that part time person can't commit.
0: Mm. So in kind of the same vein, not necessarily, but along those same lines, the way we work has changed dramatically, uh, arguably, over the last three years. So let's say somebody hasn't been in the workforce pre COVID, pre 2020. What should they be expecting as they return to the workforce today?
1: Well, I think what they can expect that's different is just the not necessarily, well, the flexibility is, is there with a lot of organizations right now. But two, um, a lot having to do with COVID protocol is different. You know what I mean? Like there there's, there's that return to work protocol. If you, you know, and we're still, we still hear about this and we still, you know, we, we still experience it. But if somebody's sick, you know, what to do when you're sick pre-COVID, you know, people went to work sick. They had the mm-hmm. sniffles, and you know they went to work sick because it was you know a badge of honor. You know you, you dragged yourself to work even <laughs> though you were sick. Nowadays you don't do that, um, so the, the, that that's a big difference. Uh, if you if you haven't been in the workforce since COVID, if you if you're sneezing in the morning, do not go to work. What would be
0: your <laughs> tips to somebody who is trying to? Hey, become, or get back, I don't want to say necessarily office culture, but getting back into a workplace culture. What should we know about ways to socialize with our co-workers and a way to fit into the chemistry of our workplace?
1: Sure. And, you know, sanitation is, is, Much more prevalent now, washing your hands, uh, using hand sanitizer, being uh, courteous, wiping down, you know, the the lunch area after you're finished eating, um, you know, cleaning out the microwave after you're done making your food uh, for lunch and just, you know, being cognizant of that, you know, of that being sanitary
0: hmm Lisa Gard, again, with Specialized Staffing, our guest today. Uh, what would you say is the hardest transition for somebody going from being out of the workforce to, even on a part-time basis, uh, be, being back into the workforce?
1: You know, I would have to say that, and, and again, I'm speaking from my experience in talking to other individuals, and it it can be, if you're going back to an office, if you're going back to an on-site Position It can be just that that change in consistency of getting up earlier because you have to actually get dressed for work now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to do the things that you used to do at 10 o'clock in the morning at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I think it's just a, adjusting your schedule mostly.
0: Again, Lisa Guard, specialized staffing, uh, our guests. And what would you say uh, to folks who feel this pressure to succeed early uh, that, you know, and I guess that may be for anybody who's starting a new job, uh, but especially for somebody who hasn't started a new job in a long time, this pressure to succeed, this pressure to do good uh, at that position, what would be your advice to them who uh, maybe some people are applying the pressure a little too hard on themselves?
1: right well i think it's important and and this speaks to the employer um to make sure that clear expectations are set on both sides so that they have something to measure themselves against and that you're providing feedback to, to new employees. So, so, you know, they're starting out and letting them know exactly what the goals are um, with timeframes and revisiting that and asking how they're doing and asking what they need and making sure you're giving them the right tools and giving them the feedback they need. And, you know, as far as putting pressure on yourself, everybody wants to do a good job and, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking ownership in that, but obviously doing it to a point where you're, you're putting pressure on yourself, um, in an unhealthy way, you know wouldn't be good, but I think if you if you have clear expectations and you know you're meeting them um you know if you're if you're like a lot of us you're not happy with that, you have to exceed them and and that can be you know good or bad sometimes but um, it's just a matter of making sure you know what's expected of you.
0: We were talking uh earlier here in the program about creating flexible schedules for potentially this group of workers. Do you feel that this is maybe? A forgotten aspect of the workforce by some employers that uh, there's a lot of untapped potential for stay at home parents who may like to get back into the workforce and it may make sense for some employers to start putting these types of schedules out there and targeting this group of individuals.
1: Yeah, no. I actually think this is something that employers have really begun to tap into, especially since COVID. I think you know, COVID and everybody going remote during COVID gave gave employers it kind of opened their eyes to wow, this does work. You know, um, so I think the 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 actual identification of these types of individuals that just require a little bit more flexi- flexibility has become more prevalent.
0: As we're talking with Specialized Staffing's Lisa Gard, uh, we also, as we talked about the last time we had you on, and you mentioned it here earlier as well, is that Specialized Staffing has partnered up with CHS Solutions. Uh, that mm-hmm. means more opportunities for people who are looking to get into the workforce. So, what do we know is out there right now, Lisa?
1: Yeah, right. Well, right now we have, we have lots of openings right now. We have a lot of administrative openings in Butler, uh, Zelianople, Cranberry, South Butler. Um, We have some great remote work from home opportunities that you can check out on our website. The website is thebestworkwithus.com. Anything general administrative, we've got a lot of accounting, bookkeeping, and customer service roles that are pretty local. Um, But also, and as you mentioned, we had uh, Megan, the guest uh, speaker from CHS, uh, with us last week. And um, anything production related uh, that you might be looking for. Um, that would be, you know, we would be able to connect you with those people as well.
0: And that would be uh, local areas, or is uh, there a little bit maybe more of a commute involved in that?
1: Well, no, actually, we, there are some local positions available, but the um, but the footprint for the production opportunities is is much broader.
0: And that was one of the advantages, as we were discussing, again, the last time uh, we had you on. Uh, this partnership creates a lot more opportunities for not only uh, would-be workers, but also uh, employers who are looking for uh, more workers uh, to join them.
1: No, it does. It increases our capacity to to help uh, with these opportunities. So back to school, uh, what was Lisa's favorite
0: class uh, back in the day?
1: Hmm. Interestingly enough, it it so my least favorite class was biology because I I just I remember sitting in biology thinking when am I ever going to need to know <laughs> what an endoplasmic reticulum is in my life, right? But what's funny is and you know I I've, I've been studying to be certified as a personal trainer and so as a result I'm studying anatomy and biology and I'm studying and there is endoplasmic reticulum shows up and I thought oh my god like 40 years later and I do need to know what an endoplasmic reticulum <laughs> is I'm going to go with biology because that just that that just stuck with me all those years and it it, it was always intriguing to me
0: Again, Lisa Gard with us from Specialized Staffing. Uh, You mentioned there, uh, you know, learning about biology and all those different types of things. How valuable is it for us as employees or those who are looking for a job to make sure uh, that we are learning about different facets, maybe in our career and, you know, uh, our career as a college student, but also when we get into the workforce, knowing all the different facets of the organization that we're working for?
1: Sure, absolutely. And, you know, that's a good point, because there are people who are big picture. No matter what you're doing in a company, I think it's, it, it makes it more interesting if you understand what the end result is. And by that, I mean, you know, maybe you're an accounts payable clerk and you, you, you process payments all day. Um, but, but you're doing that for an EMS service, an emergency service. So essentially you have a part in saving people's lives in in running an organization that helps people in that capacity. So it 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 it, it does make a difference if you understand that. And and to that end, we one of our non negotiables, our very first non negotiable at specialized, is we believe we impact the lives of the people we place and the success of the organizations we work with. And so everything we do, whether that's you know in putting data into a computer or you know processing some paperwork, but to that end that 's what we 're doing we 're helping people
0: is it important then for company leaders to make sure that they do keep a mission statement in mind almost in a day to day uh, whenever they 're working day to day?
1: Yes, but I think it 's important to speak about that mission statement to talk about your vision and to revisit it and to point at it when it's appropriate. And by that, I mean, certain things will happen during the day or during the course of a week or a month and saying, hey, look, here's an example of what we do. You know, pointing that out to your employees and showing them, like, keep that in mind. It's top of mind awareness. It's not just having the mission statement on your, you know, on your, on your wall behind your reception desk. It's <laughs> people in your organization knowing what that is and understanding that the decision they're making right now is is going to result in your purpose.
0: Again, Lisa Gard from Specialized Staffing. Lisa, once again, if you could give us that contact information for people who are looking to learn more about Specialized Staffing.
1: Absolutely. So for Specialized Staffing, it's thebestworkwithus.com. And if you'd like to check out our partner company, which is CHS, it's chsstaffing.com.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Lisa Gard, Specialized Staffing. Lisa, as always, great to talk to you. Great, Tyler. Thank you. If you missed any of our program, as always, you can check it out online, WISR680.com. It's a place to take care of that. I'm Taylor Frills so long for now.